The following is a CSPN Media podcast presentation. Good evening, Rick. Would you believe it? It's Dr. Doom. What's on your evil mind? Oh, you insulting tongue and mock my word well. How about this rumor that you are really hired, Mr. Star? And welcome to another exciting episode of the Click Nation's Comic Book Chronicles. My name is Tim Deal Double G. And we have the Fatal Four back in effect this week. We have uh, with us the man behind the sound effects at agent underscore 70 on Twitter. What's up, everybody? We also have at Roddy Cat on Twitter. Hello. I waited this time. Ha <laughs> ha. Happy um, Black, Black History Month, there folks. It has begun. And we also have rejoining the show since we've moved back to Thursday nights, 9 p.m. Eastern Time at PCN underscore dirt on Twitter. Mwah, 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 mwah. I love you too. I love you all. Mwah, mwah, mwah. Awesome. Make sure to go to our website, theclicknation.com, where you can find previous episodes of the Comic Book Chronicles and Comic Book News. Follow us on our social media accounts. On the homepage, you can find us on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, Google+. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, TuneIn Radio, and CSPN.us, where, where we are a part of the CSPN Media Podcast Network. Remember, we record live now every Thursday night, 9 p.m. Eastern Time. And you can watch weekly by going to theclicknation.com forward slash live. And make sure Chronicles and CB Cron when you're discussing so, uh, comic books on social media to join in the conversation. Alrighty. First up for review this week is Dark Knight's Metal number five, I believe it is. Yes. It's a penultimate issue, right? Penultimate. If they well, it. kind of. There's a... Oh, yeah, because it's a week off or a month off for February. Well, there's like a Wild Hunt special yeah, that comes I out first. That. I saw that. Yeah. So, what is that supposed to be? Like, uh, um, Part of the series that they didn't have room for, so they just made up a tie-in instead of giving it a number. Seriously? Oh, my God. <laughs> my goodness. But uh, we had a surprise return, um, a little more Wonder Woman-focused here with uh, her battle. Um, now I'm forgetting who was she fighting with. Oh, the Batman that laughs, right? Well, she was fighting with uh, Black, Black Adam. Adam. Oh, Black Adam. That's right. Who just all of a sudden just popped out of nowhere yeah. <laughs> a couple of issues ago. That's the truth. Well, that, that happens a lot in this in this story. Yeah. Just and the- we also got to see uh, dark versions of herself at the end like we had earlier with Batman. Right. Uh, we saw a huge Hawkman, a possessed Hawkman fighting Batman and Superman. Right. Like we kind of pick up right where we left off in the last issue at like the Universal Forge where like all good things and bad things come from basically. Right. Yeah, and if you read the uh, Hawkman found 
special. It explains what happened to him and how he turned into that big monster. Yeah. I feel like the Hot Man found it really get a lot of buzz after it came out. I mean, well, which I mean, I guess understandable because not too much happened. Yeah, I mean, it was one of those where I, I think did Lemire write that one? I think that was yeah. Jeff Lemire. Yeah, and so like he's got a, an interesting storytelling style, and it definitely had like a neat kind of flow to it. But I mean, it was honestly, you know, it could have been four pages instead of <laughs> one. You know what I mean? But uh, I'm, mean, you know, it was all right. It was one of those things where I, I actually read it out of order. I I was behind on metal. So I read Metal 3 and then read Hawkman and I was like, what the hell? Like, I don't, and then I read Metal 4 and I was like, oh, okay, I should have read right, this. That's how it comes back together, exactly. Right, so, but yeah, I mean, it was interesting enough, but uh, really didn't have to be a whole issue. Yeah. It could have been a backup. Like, they, they should have put like a short backup in the in the end of 4 and just stuck it there. But whatever, you know, hey. Dirt, I liked your notes on this because it really did kind of boil down my, you know, like the other kind of less you know, positive thoughts I had about this issue. Yeah, because... that's the thing. I've had this problem with metal since the very beginning where it doesn't feel like it's really well-defined. You just have this idea that there's, because of the multiverse, there's stuff out there and there's, you know, the we found this, like, anti-matter multiverse, this, this dark multiverse, and in it it's, like, all the horrible versions of the multiverse, which technically should just be part of the normal multiverse, but I digress. Uh... And so because of that, there's somehow some sort of threat coming from the fact that there's this nth metal thing that happens that somehow is being used in some way to create something that will do something to destroy the earth in some way for somebody so they can do something. But I, I just like the more I read it, the more I'm just like, there's some cool stuff going on here. But it's it, it, it honestly like I'm glad they call it metal because it feels like watching an old music video where you know that there's a story. But there's just randomly these shots of the band, like on the back of a flatbed truck, that have absolutely nothing to do with the actual story of the music video. And that's what I feel when I'm reading this book. It's like, okay, like there's a thread of something going on here. Right. But for the most part, it's just to put some like cool shots of guys with their hair flowing and you know stuff going yeah. on in the background. I was about to say Guns N' Roses, November Rain. This is not. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a shout out to the '80s kids out there. I mean, I don't necessarily dislike it, but I'm just still, even after issue five, I'm just kind of going, now what exactly? Right. You know, like, okay, nth metal, all right. I would just say, I would, I would say my only real thoughts on this issue is that I actually enjoyed it because it felt like we we're moving quickly to the end. Like, we're actually getting to, like, the final battle. And, you know, I'm just now at this point hoping there's a decent payoff at the end of the limited series. Yeah, it's got to be going somewhere. And, and I think... One of the problems is uh, DC has already launched their new Age of Heroes books, which are somehow supposed to fold out of metal. Really? But yeah, that, that like was something like, and, uh, and all that. Yeah. Some of them sh are supposed to, like the Terrifics does. Yeah, oh. they're like, you've seen them in metal. Now they get their own series. And I'm like, I don't know who any of these people are. Like, the, I have not seen them in metal. The Immortal Men, I guess, appeared in the four, like those pre one shots, maybe, or maybe earlier on in metal. I can't remember. Well, like, I know the. One of the uh, the terrifics, I think it's Mister Terrific and Plastic Man and somebody else, somebody else, and yeah, we've seen them. Right. Uh, at least the egg of Plastic Man in this thing. Right. Um, but I mean, you know, uh, just to go off on a slight tangent, Damage Number One came out and I read it and I was like, "Who is this guy? Like, why do I care? Like, what? Yeah. You know, it's like you you got a Hulk story that's great, but otherwise, there's nothing really. 
guy falls out of the sky, he's a monster, and then he turns back into a person. Like, okay, great. You know, uh, at least Ang Lee even got that much right. So, no. Uh, <laughs> no. But yeah, it's it's just I, I don't know. Uh, metal is it's the delays on getting it out have certainly hurt a lot of the stuff around it. Um, and I don't know. I mean, Batman sells. I mean, Batman, you know, every issue of Metal, we sell out. We order reprints. You know, we order all the specials. We order variant covers, and it always sells. So, I mean, there's something's going right somewhere with someone, but I'm just still kind of waiting here, you know, like, all right. Oh, and, 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 oh, I almost forgot about this. I was flipping through, um, I was reading that that crossover uh, today, the one that was in Justice League and Flash and uh, Green Lantern and everything, the metal tie-in, mm-hmm. and I and I, I saw one of the ads and I totally forgot. Baby Darkseid is in the ads for metal, because um, if you remember, Darkseid actually was reborn. Sure. So there's like a baby version of Darkseid somewhere in the DC universe, and he's in the ads. We haven't seen him anywhere in the series. We so, haven't. I thought he was in one of the one shots. No, the baby. Uh, Batman and the Signals, according to the cover, says it's coming out of metal too. But I don't see. I mean, I don't know if anything that would suggest that's actually true. I'm mean, gonna let y'all know something. Got me. Yeah, it's just it's kind of a mess, but you know, yeah. whatever. I think that was um actually resolved over in Wonder Woman because he's like full grown again. Yeah, well, that doesn't help metal. Yeah, but <laughs> I mean, because in the ad, the ad shows you know it's it's got the the dark versions of everybody sitting there. You've got the you know the Doomsday one. You've got the Green Lantern one. You've got the Flash one. Whatever. They're all sitting there, and then you see like the silhouettes of like Batman and Superman all you know battle hardened. You're looking over their shoulder, and then I realized down in the corner there's Baby Darkseid, like sitting there on the hero side looking at the bad guys. Right. And I'm like, well, this has not played into the story into any major degree. So I don't know. We'll see. Maybe there's something in the last issue where you know it's going to be a big deal. But anyway, all right. Enough of that tangent. <laughs> All right. So ultimately, like I said, I, I, I enjoyed it purely for, from the perspective that we're getting to the end and it seems like there's like a lot of things moving towards, you know, in, moving in one direction towards a certain endpoint. So I'm hoping that it's a payoff. All right. All righty. Who wants to toss right. one of their books out? Um, there's another uh, event going on in Marvel that's kind of been... You know, I think we've all been kind of nonplussed by it. And what I'm referring to is Phoenix Resurrection. Oh, so, that, yeah, yeah this 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 miniseries ended uh, this week, and uh, you know we've all been spoiled as to what the what the outcome is, and ultimately, you know, I guess that's the payoff. But getting to it has just been just one slog. I I I tend to be kind of uh, you know underwhelmed by the whole thing. What about you guys? Same. It was like, okay, cool. It's cool, I guess she's back, but the whole process of how she came back just was, what was my note for it? I said, meh, event altogether. But hey, Jean Grey's alive again, I guess. Right, right. One of the things I loved was the uh, solicitation for the issue that came out this week. The one of the, the final line of it said something along the lines of, uh, will the X-Men find their old friend or will they find something darker? And I was like, well... I mean, I guess there's going to be something darker involved if you put it that way, you know? I, I kind of want the story to end and just be like, oh, no, it's Jean. She's back. Everything's fine. There's nothing to worry about. No threat to the universe. Thanks for coming. You know, <laughs> that would be a nice twist. You know, they would get me for once. I was about to say spoiler alert, Doug. Uh, <laughs> it actually kind of works out that way. Um, I hate to spoil it for you. You'll probably just end up reading it, like, on, on the quick. But uh, ultimately. No, no, no. <laughs> 
ultimately what we end up with is you know a, an appearance by the dark side of phoenix by dark phoenix basically and uh, you know there is sort of a resolution to the relationship between the phoenix force and gene gray although you know my own notes say you know uh you know is it ever really the case that they're done that they're you know, that they've called it quits between each other because you know this is the character that has been you know the primary host for the phoenix force you know we've seen different hosts over uh you know the span of uh you know comics history um, you know, even in um, what you call Marvel Legacy number one, you know, I always thought that we would see more of um, the Phoenix stuff happening, and we sort of did. But you know, to see it kind of end on a whimper like this is kind of underwhelming. Yeah, vehicle to get her back. I, I thought they were gonna use it as a way to bring Cyclops back with her. Ah, so did come spoiler back. Alert. Yeah, I was gonna say spoiler alert for anyone just, who hasn't read it. Just to die again. Exactly. 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 No, Cyclops does make a, a brief appearance in this issue. So whether or not he's actually alive is something else. So, yeah. all right. Uh, let me pick one. Yeah, I guess we can uh, pop out there to kind of round up the events. Which one? Um, the No Surrender event. Agents. Uh, I mean, oh, yeah. 78. So um, there might have been some deaths in this. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, not in this issue. There's one yeah. close to death, definitely. Yeah. And they and they have still have yet to come back to the other incident that happened, but um, but yeah, this mostly this issue is pretty much them slowly figuring out, hey, something's going on that you know that they're just pawns in, and there's like two Avengers teams in two different places. One of them get getting their hands, getting themselves handed, and the other one's kind of like, well, let's see what's going, let's watch and see what's going on. And they slowly start to put together that it, it is indeed a sort of contest of villains something going on and they're just kind of in the middle of it but you know it's they at the end of the near the end of the um issue they kind of sort of figure it out they still don't know who's behind it and nor have they even got to that point to try to figure out all the even though they as uh as one of the people behind it has said they shouldn't <laughs> they should know but um that is the thing but most of this issue was pretty much action if you are those type who don't like to read and and a lot of like a lot of action it's and and some great art from Pepe Larraz. Yes, agreed. Marvel Young Gun. There you go. There you go. He's not quite young, but oh no, and you know. All right. So let's see. I think. Uh, I guess I'll go. Go ahead. All new Wolverine number thirty, which is actually going to be my click of the week. Wow. So I slept on the Orphans of X uh, story arc in All New Wolverine because one, I wasn't really reading All New Wolverine. But um, when I saw the writer Tom Taylor post on Twitter that Gabby one like two issues ago Gabby would get a code name in I guess twenty eight, I was like, huh, okay, I need to check that out just to see what her name's going to be. Read the story; it was great. Um, <laughs> her nickname Honey Badger was given to her by Dakin Dakin Dakin, yeah, and it was just in a done in a hilarious way. And I love sort of the interaction between Laura and Gabby and. Dakin, Dakin, and the rest of her family members, and then the, these mysterious masked villains that were hunting her, that I went and read the beginning of the story arc all the way through, and then 29 and 30, and it had a very satisfying conclusion where um, they bring in those that were familiar with the Maru, Marumasa blade and that sword that can kill Wolverine. Um, that metal is used to forge like bullets to hunt down all these former weaponettes, uh, people. And 
like Logan and Creed and Lady Deathstrike actually being killed with it, but then resurrected because they dig the bullet out. Um, Dokken starts the series or the story arc with missing his left arm because he's tortured by, he's captured and tortured by these people. Um, and as the story arc goes through, he eventually grows the arm back. Um, and then at one point, last issue, he gets himself kidnapped uh, so they can find, they can use a, they can use like find my iPhone because he cut himself open and stuck a cell phone in his body to use as a homing beacon so they could come find where their base was at uh, to the resolution of Laura deciding to work with the orphans of X because they are basically, they started as a, as a support group for people that had been like uh, all the weapon X people had like killed and murdered like their family members at for, you know, different missions and whatnot. So they wanted payback. And Laura agrees that, you know, the things that they did while they were brainwashed and whatnot were bad. But um, she vows to work with them to find the people who sent them on those missions and not kill them, but bring them to justice. And that's kind of where it ends. So I'm wondering if that's going to be like the next like couple of stories going forward, her on these missions to um, help the orphans of its find closure. Huh. I was about to say that's not the only story regarding a support group that uh, that uh, I guess was uh, released this week. That's interesting. Yep. Interesting. All right. Um, all right. I know that uh, Roddy and I read uh, Tales of Suspense number one hundred one. Yes. I just wanted to bring this up because this was a really fun book for me to read this week. Um, it actually kind of plays out the way I thought it would because of uh, the uh, the suspected. Um, the suspected uh, uh, thought to be deceased uh, Natasha Alianova Romanov running around isn't exactly who we think it is. Um, what, what's fun about this issue is the interactions between um, the Winter Soldier and uh, Clint Barton, a.k.a. Hawkeye. It's kind of a cool twist on the Falcon Winter Soldier stuff in Cap Civil War. Yeah, I kind of said it's like kind of like a buddy movie type situation. I'm not can't, can't remember if I said last issue with this, but like if they did like a buddy movie between them two, that would be cool, kind of cool, although I'm not sure Renner would be doing to pull it off, but nevertheless, it would be pretty, pretty cool. But yeah, they ended up finding a widow, just not the one they, they were looking for. Right. And apparently we also found out that Skids is around. So who knew? I think, I think, uh, what, Skids? yes, huh. yes, I think, but, the, but, but just to give, give, uh, Tim and all the other, uh, viewers and listeners a heads up. I think we have seen, um, this evolution in Skids um, character and, 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 and story, uh, told already. It's just it's it's been a while since we've actually seen her. And spoiler alert, just in case it is a spoiler to anybody. Skids at some point had become an agent of Shield, and that's why she pops up in this issue. Yeah, you know, uh, you know uh, kind of uh, doing some spycraft. Who Clint uh, amusingly thought was Boom Boom at yeah. first. <laughs> I thought it was too. <laughs> Just based on the art, I started laughing. That was a great laugh out loud moment. Yeah, I was like, "Yeah, I know." Right? I was looking at the art, I was like, "Yeah, I can see why you could say that." But at the same time, I'm like, "No, we know she wouldn't. She wouldn't come off like that." So, right, <laughs> that's good. That's good. Yeah, no this this has been a surprisingly fun read for uh, what is it? Two issues in now. Yeah, so it's it, it's a cool read. All right. Plus, you got uh, Doug. Well, yeah. Something I, I say, something I mentioned earlier. We could talk about Silencer Number One. Ooh, uh, I know not the only one who read it i skimmed it um, yeah you know it was definitely meatier than damage number one um which we got last week or two weeks ago last week i don't remember whenever it was uh it's it's a little more story than in that one um and in fact uh 
I actually read it because we had gotten a review copy way in advance that was like the penciled and inked pages with the word balloons on it. So I actually went through with the actual one and compared page to page to see what they changed. And only a few small changes uh, before it went to print. But uh, uh, it's this uh, former assassin who has left the uh, superhero field, gets drawn back in. Um, there's a connection to the uh, Batman family that I don't, I don't want to spoil, okay. um, but there's a character that makes an appearance here that's uh, uh, pretty big in the Bat universe. Yeah. Um, that's the character but, behind this character being drawn back in. Right. And the, she has this ability. She's called the silencer because she has this ability to create this noise dampening field, I guess you could call it, where just no sounds escape. Uh, so, if you will. Yeah. So, uh, so when she goes to attack somebody, she can turn it on and all the stuff can go down. Nobody hears anything and nobody's any the wiser. So it's an interesting power. It's, it's one of those superpowers that really isn't like a useful power, you know, really on its own. But you use it in tandem with something else. And yeah, okay, it can be pretty useful. Um, you're not, you know, stopping airplanes from dropping out of the sky or anything like that. But, you know, it has its moments. So I thought it was an interesting take on the character. It's an interesting way to show the assassin. We see her family and, you know, we get this idea that she really is kind of this good person and she wants out of this life and everything. But the the main problem is even after all of this that they do in the story, I'm still not sure like why I should particularly care about her all that much and why, you know, like what's my hook for really wanting to keep reading, you gotcha. know? Um, like it was okay. And I might see if it goes anywhere. Like I'll, you know, I'll skim, you know, issue two and see if there's anything else interesting in it, but it's just kind of, kind of, you know, teetering right on that line right now where it's, it's like, okay, you know, we, like I said, we got more meat than damage, but I'm still not hundred percent sold on it. Do you have any, uh, opinion, negative, positive, strong or weak on, uh, Ramita Jr.'s art on this? No. Okay. I mean, it looks a little more focused, I'd say than some of his other stuff and probably because he's had more time to work on it. Um, so I know a lot of the, a lot of the mainstream stuff that he does, it looks like he sketches out pretty quickly. I was going to say inking, because I think a lot of times that's really um, who's inking and whoever's... Oh, so Sandra Hope is the inker, and I think she's a Wildstorm veteran. Mm. So she definitely has, um, I don't want to say a heavier embellishment on pencils. And also, you know, nowadays with the digital coloring, that also kind of affects... Yeah, her. coloring adds a lot nowadays. I was surprised. That, that was another thing when I was going through... Uh, comparing the the penciled and inked pages with the uh, final product is how much stuff is actually done by the colorist now. All the accent lines and the smoke and the clouds and the textures and the trees and right. you know a lot of stuff is just like the art. It's there's a line where the parking lot is and where there's sky. <laughs> you know, a lot of times the colorist is the one that puts in a lot of the buildings or puts in uh, you know the clouds or you know puts in all the excitement lines and that kind of stuff. So yeah, colorists. Uh, you know that's. It, we should have we should have mentioned that when we were talking about colorists in the uh, year in review thing that they actually do a whole lot more than just put some blue here and some orange there. No, I agree. I agree. It's getting it's obviously getting so much more important now than ever. All right. So, um, Tim, did you read Silencer? I did. I liked it. Hmm? Yeah, it was definitely better than Damage. Um, Art wise, Damage was better just because Tony Daniel. I think a little more uh, more cinematic, I guess, in his artwork, but. Uh, story-wise, and at least how it ties into the Batman side of the DCU is intriguing. Damage tied into, I guess, the Suicide Squad side, how with its ending, at least. But for now, it's just kind of like, eh. Yeah, well, and that's the thing. The Suicide Squad and Damage was just more of like a crossover type thing, whereas this tie-in to the Bat family is is very much more of a tie-in. It's very much more of a... 
being woven into the fabric right. as opposed to just Suicide Squad appearing in damage. Right. Yeah. All right. Um, let's see. Roddy, you got anything before I guess we head into real rapid fire? Uh, sure. I will. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Black Panther, Long Live the King, number four. So I've mentioned this before. This is the Comixology original um, that that is out now and will at some point come to print when they put it all together. Um, this is like, the, I think this is the penultimate issue, if I'm not mistaken, because I think it's only going to five. Um, but either case, in this case, uh, Shuri goes, um, after after Shaw goes off the bridge, uh, off the grid, Shuri goes after him. But he and his old friend, uh, Kantu, who have stopped beefing and are going to look into what's going on with the white gorilla tribe who has come back and started doing some shenanigans and apparently brought back Mbaku, AKA man wolf. I mean, the uh, man, uh, man ape. And he's been empowered, powered a little bit by Baron Macarb. Uh, and of course, as you would think would happen, a fight ensues between the two parties. And um, also some, shenanigans happened in the form of when Shuri comes along, she takes uh, Kantu uh, as an enemy because he ends up in this armor of these robotic animals that he's controlling. And uh, and she takes him for an enemy. She, she starts shooting at him and then that kind of throws things off and, and uh, Man-Ape gets the upper hand for a minute until things turn around and the day is won by the Black Panther and crew uh, and that pretty much ends that. But apparently, there is still something else to go in this uh, in this miniseries. Though I'm not sure what, because if they had ended it there, that would have that seemed like that would have been it. But otherwise, it's a good read. You should check it out if you if you're a Black Panther. And I was like, it's kind of one of those like, hey, just in time for the movie, they're bringing this, that, and the other kind of back into the fold for a minute. So check it out if you can. Yeah, I need to. I keep forgetting about it since it's just digital. There's a couple of digital series only series I need to check out, but they eventually hit the Marvel Unlimited too, right? Well, I think so. They definitely come to print at a certain point, but I'm not sure if they've been. Um, like I hadn't seen the Iron Fist one on. It has come out on print. The Iron Fist one. Yeah, that one just came out in print last week, I think. Yeah, so, I think. Yeah, but I don't. I haven't actually. I haven't even checked Marvel Unlimited to see if it if it's going to come there. But I would imagine it should. Okay. All right, we in rapid fire time. Yeah. Rapid fire. Fire up the Vulcan. All right, uh, I'll lead off on rapid fire. I've got two books left. Um, my first book is Astro City number 50, and it's funny because it's a quiet story of an innocent bystander to a superhero battle who sets up a support group for other innocent bystanders severely hurt or traumatized by a superhero battle. So it's kind of funny that you know this in the 50th issue of Astro City has a very similar story to that Orphans of X uh, storyline in uh, All New Wolverine. Um, the story here interestingly ends on a cliffhanger, unlike many of BCX one and done Astro city stories. And, uh, my last rapid fire book is my potential click of the week and it's spider Gwen number 28. And I know you got, I don't know. I know a lot of people don't give uh, Robbie Rodriguez's art any love, but this, this book really deserves some more readership. I don't know where it is in the sales charts, but, um, you know, you know, I'll, I'll be frank with you guys for as much as I hate, now forget dislike. I wrote dislike as much as I hate alternate realities and multiverse shenanigans. I appreciate what Latour and Robbie Rodriguez have done with uh, Spider Gwen and Earth sixty five. Uh, in this issue, their version of Mike uh, of Matt Murdock's origin and uh, the remix version of the iconic phrase behind every Spider Man inspired hero are delivered with heart and verve. Yeah, I've been looking. I'm just behind on it. 
This issue's good. This issue. You're never going to let me live that down, are you? What about about Robbie Rodriguez? <laughs> yes. <laughs> hey, man, different strokes, different strokes. I know, I know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, I got two, then I'll do uh, Rapids on. First one is um, Amazing Spider-Man, Renew Your Vows, number 15. This one is on the chopping block. My son and I are both disappointed in the changes made by Legacy. They decided to jump into the future, so instead of having a super-powered kid, which was interesting, we've got a family dealing with a super-powered teenager, which has been done millions of times in millions of different stories. So, um, I don't know. Legacy may, uh, may kill another one. Uh, and then Thanos 16, I actually thought it came out this week, but it came out last week, but I just happened to be b- behind on it, but I read it this week and I liked it. So too bad it counts. Um, <laughs> and that is, uh, for a Thanos book, it's a lot funnier than it probably should be, Sure, um, but it's really interesting. And I tend to hate stories that go into the future because the futures never actually happen because you know, whatever. Um, but this is really interesting. It's really a lot of fun. Um, and so at Thanos, I, I thought when it switched writers, I would probably drop it. But as of now, I am not because this is just as much fun and entertaining as it was before. So there you go. Agreed. Agreed. F- friend of the show, uh, Danny Cates. Yep. He's come on. He's taken over two books on Marvel and is killing on both of them. Definitely. All right. Um, I have Defenders number nine uh, on the final page. It said to be concluded. So um, I guess maybe the series will end after with number 10 and Bendis will be done at least with that series at Marvel. I'm shocked that they're not going to bring another writer in just to like, you know, keep the book going. Cause you know, defenders, that's a name from Netflix, but, but apparently not his baby. It, this was pretty much his baby. I guess they decided to just let it go with him. It's been fun though. So we have a bunch of defender recruits coming on to help them take on um, Diamondback and his recruits of, the Fitzer and Moonstone, who I guess are bad again, even though we saw them in Thunderbolts being good. So, again, Bendis doing whatever he wants with continuity. Uh, Invincible Iron Man 596, another Bendis book. Um, Tony is still having arguments in his head with friends and family members. Um, Riri Williams gets her Iron Man, Tony Stark uh, equipment and tech comp... uh, we call it a repo basically by Stark, uh, whatever international, whatever they're calling themselves these days. And Doom fights the hood because Bendis is in love with the hood. Um, Flash annual, it was ha- basically teases a bunch of fun stuff coming up in the Flash and return of another villain speedster. And that's it. All right. Well, in that case, um, I will try to blow through mine as fast as I can. Falcon number four. Um, so last issue, Falcon gets uh, taken out of his body and sent to hell. Uh, meanwhile, Patriot is trying to figure out how to deal with that. And it's kind of doubting his own self. And of course, like a, uh, being that Sam is trapped in hell, he meets up with Two-Gun Kid for some reason, um, who, meet, who takes him to Mephisto. And uh, Mephisto's like, no, you can't go. And, and uh, Brother Voodoo and the rest and Patriot and, uh, Falcon, and the other Falcon and them with along with uh, Damon Hellstrom try to get Sam soul out of hell and back into his body, which they end up doing at the end of this issue. Um, ready to take on Blackheart, who's the cause of all the uh, problems in the first place. Uh, Star Wars, the Last Jedi, DJ, most wanted. Is this book necessary? Nope. Uh, if you want to know about how the, the character in The Last Jedi, if you care about that character, I am not one of them. 
uh, got to where he was when you see him in Last Jedi, then this gets you there in a kind of a long, I don't want to say convoluted way, but it's actually well written. It's just, sure, whatever. But yeah, you see how he got to where he is. It's one shot, sure. Um, Mr. Gu, number two. So we haven't talked about this before. So um, Zatanna and the other magic users of the DC universe, which I don't know the whole, whole lot about, I will say, um, are in this. This is basically ends up being, I don't want to say Harry Potter, but it's Harry Potter, sort of. Or more more specifically, like the magicians, because what ends up happening is that there's this big bad called the Malevolence that looks like was causing problems in the present, which causes Zatanna and uh, Rose, Dr. Psyche, whoever she is, to do a spell to send Zatanna's, to Zatanna back to uh, an earlier version of herself without the knowledge of herself. And she ends up being uh, enrolled in a magical boarding school to learn how to use her powers. And she meets up with um, uh, Felix Faust's son, the Enchantress, and a couple other people who she begins friends with, and they have adventures. Um, but also, apparently, one of them ends up might end up being the malevolence that is the, the creeping um, big bad that is coming. And in this issue, we see uh, the malevolence. They try to find out, the, the, the faculty tries to find out who the malevolence is, and that didn't work at first, but then the kids try to evoke, um, not knowing it's the malevolence, try to evoke them again for something that happens when they get in some trouble, and the malevolence ends up taking a form, and Felix Faust, and I mean, uh, Sebastian Faust and Satana have a moment, and he seemingly, seems like he kills her. So, yeah. Uh, that is the, from the DC corner of the of the Mystic Universe, whatever. Uh, Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur, number 27. Uh, so there's this, the still thing with the thing and the, and the Human Torch, and now Herbie who's around, but, you know, there's a bunch of Herbie references and references to the TV show and including that the reason why supposedly Herbie was replacing the the Human Torch comes up, which I thought was kind of fun. Uh, but outside of that, it is uh, Lunella and, and the other two kind of sort of becoming the Fantastic Three and getting into some issues, trying to help out, um, trying to be a team, but uh, it's not working out too well at first, but then Galactus kind of comes along and there's also this uh, these imposters who, or seemingly imposters, who's um, uh, doing FF style robberies using the, the FF's powers. But because we spoiler alert, because I don't think anybody's reason this, we've come to find out it's the Super Scroll at the end of this issue. So of course there is that. Uh, last but not least is Black AF America's Sweetheart, which I have a physical copy right here uh, that came out this week. Uh, it's a graphic novel from the folks over at Black Mask. It is, if the name Black is familiar, it is because of the, the, the other graphic novels uh, called Black that have preceded this. This is in that same universe. This is the story of um, uh, Ellie Foster, I think her name is. I can't remember her last name. Ellie Franklin, excuse me. She's a teenage girl who apparently is the strongest person uh, in the earth, on the earth. And if you don't know, this earth has uh, uh, the only people who have powers are black people, uh, but not every black person. Uh, Ellie is adopted by uh, this this white couple who apparently are in the government some kind of way. Her dad is is uh, like a high ranking is in a White House some kind of uh, some kind of way, but they don't want her to use didn't want her to use her powers at first. And um, up until she finds out that there are other people with powers, she she tries not to, but she's frustrated. But now she's a teen and wants to go out and help people, um, but doing good things. But she couldn't do that because her 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 father told her not to. 
But then she comes off, uh, comes across this thing called B.O.B., which is this orb that she, or at least that's what she names it, that seems to be doing some things for her. Like one gave her a suit to access her communication and stuff like that. Uh, but she doesn't know where she got it from, so she goes around at this as this hero. Good girl does starts doing heroic acts, um, but of course she gets found out by the government and and her father, who knew she was right off the bat. So she goes into training with them after a, a couple of uh, incidents with some um, people trying to sway her to another cause or trying to get her away from the government. But then she finds out she has a sister who's kind of this supposed terrorist an actual blood sister who's a terrorist and then they end up fighting and um some things happening around that so i it's a overall from whatever well i'm afraid i've actually finished it but um it's a pretty good story overall like it starts out one way and then just goes into another one which almost kind of reminds me of a starfire blackfire situation when it comes to when her sister comes around uh, even except for obviously they're both on earth um and looks at their big fight and the things that happen surrounding that come to play. So yeah, it is a good. Um, it's definitely a pretty good story. I enjoyed it. So that is it for me. The done in one. Um, yes and no. Like at the end, there it is provides for the you know the continuing the possible yeah, continuing. some of the stuff that goes on in the world. But, okay. Yeah. All right. Clicks so of the week. Clicks of the week incoming. All right. Well, we know we know Tim's. And I <laughs> Doug know, has I, his run down with the question mark. One from last week, which I took off of there anyway. But when, <laughs> when, <laughs> well, I noticed someone had deleted Thanos as my click of the week since it was last week. So you know, it, it, it will still apply, but I'm putting it officially for last week, though. But so, so my click is silencer. <laughs> yeah, that's what you said it is. It just can't go for it this week. I mean, it just can't go officially for this week, but that is it's still well, fine. Put Thanos is my click for last week, and my click for this week is Silencer. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good to me. That yeah. works. That um, I'm gonna go with Spider Gwen number twenty-eight. Um, hmm. I kind of want to go with Tales of Suspense because it was pretty good, but I think I am going to go with um, not sure. I will go with the Tales of Suspense one hundred one. Cool. Like, like there's some stuff in other books that made me laugh a little bit harder, but that was just a, a pretty genuinely solid book. Right. It's like I hate this guy. <laughs> just like like the little, you know, like the little uh you know thought bubbles kind of. Yeah, it's like whole tango and cash thing they got going on. Definitely, definitely. All right. So we are now at uh the end of the review section. We uh jumped into our first ad of the night. Uh our first ad of the night is for Funko, fun at first sight. Your home for exclusive collectibles, such as their world-famous pop, vinyl bobbleheads, apparel, t-shirts, hats, and socks, and brand merchandise, custom DIY pop figures, art books, and skateboards. And now, the listeners of the Click Nation's Comic Book Chronicles can enjoy 10% off your entire purchase when shopping at Funko. To place your first order with 10% off and to help keep our show free for you, go to our network website at cspn.us. That's cspn.us. Then click on the Keep Our Podcast Free link at the top of the page. From there, scroll down to the Funko link and place your order. When you get to the checkout, put in the offer code SHOP10 for your 10% off discount. Funko through cspn.us. Do it today. Alrighty, I'm gonna combine some of these news stories into one because it's kind of they're all talking oh. about the same thing. Yeah. But uh, today, DC and now, oh wait, I'm in the comment section. 
Go look. There we go. First Ant-Man and the Wasp trailer. Lots of fun. Yeah, it looks cool. Yeah, I thought it looked all right. I mean, nothing was really given away to me. Thankfully. Well, I like the, you know, spo- I mean, not really a spoiler, but what did you guys think of the ghost? When I spotted it, I was like, oh, snap, I think that's the ghost. Yeah. yeah. And it- ghost is villain. is a woman. Yeah, they've said, yeah, who, I mean, that the ghost is going to be there and who it is. So. so look for that, I guess, to be probably on uh, with Black Panther when it comes out on the 16th, 15th, whichever date that is. Yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, assholes plan to sabotage Black Panther's <laughs> Rotten Tomato score. Spoil fans. Idiots. All right, wait. Okay, wait. Stop, stop. First of all, no, 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 no. If you actually look at the screenshot the guy submitted, there were 15 people who did this. That's not exactly like this movement uh, so that, to get something done. Well, here's the, okay, so here's the thing about this. So, to, to, so the way this article has it, they're like DC fans. They said specifically DCU fans plan to sabotage, blah, blah, blah. Okay. So yeah, like Dirt said that there's this, there, there's these people that are, they're claiming to do this and it's, and yeah, there's a small group of people that is doing that. And it sounds like it's made up of some of the same people who have done petitions for other stuff in the past for like, you know, all kind of ridiculous stuff. Um, Facebook cook, uh, kicked their event off tonight, by the way. I saw that come up while we were recording or right before we started. So there is that. Yeah, and then Rotten Tomatoes came out and said that uh, no, nah, we're not trying to, we're not, we're not playing any, any of that. But Rotten Tomatoes has also been game to before, so I, I'm yeah. But I mean, it's it's also one of these things where like it was not really a thing. You know what I mean? You had a handful of people who were out there just trolling, you know, doing a thing. It was not a big. It's not like you had like twenty thousand people descended on Rotten Tomatoes, you know. <laughs> I mean, it's one of these. Like the more I, the more I see articles about it, and the more I see, the more I'm like, you know what? I'll go. Like I'll go rate it. Like just shut up, you know. <laughs> like this is not a thing. The more they talk about it, the more they make it a bigger thing than it ever actually was. You know. It's like the sort of sports analogies, <laughs> like so the ridiculous. the bar balls and the you know the loudest people always get the most pub. Yeah. Yeah, that yeah, basically. So, it, that's I don't know. I mean, that's like that's like you the the people who uh, there were people saying that they were going to boycott Black Panther because it wasn't actually filmed in Wakanda. <laughs> yeah, they were like, they did not go to Africa and they did not film it in Africa. They filmed it in Atlanta. So I'm going to boycott the film because they're not going to Wakanda and showing them love. Yeah, and I that, I think I want to say that almost ended up being something you know. Not exactly as it was, but whatever. It is it, that was still stupid that it happened, and that one kind of blew over Figlu because people kind of went out, went at whoever did that. I mean, this is the same thing the other way. It's just like you know, move on. So silly. Oscar-winning actress buying out Black Panther showings for undeserved communities. So good for Octavia Spencer. Yeah, did you say undeserved? Undeserved. Underserved. <laughs> I think you said undeserved. Like, you people don't <laughs> deserve this. Totally I'm buying out the shows. <laughs> You don't deserve to go, but I'm taking you anyway. <laughs> yeah, this, this is not the first time Octavia uh, uh, Spencer has done something like this. So this is this is a cool thing indeed. Huh. I did not see this when I watched the episode. Black Lightning name dropped Supergirl in Luanda, the Book of Burial. Yeah, so apparently she, you know, there's a couple of characters were talking in a bookstore, and apparently there was a reference to the Outsiders book and a actual name drop from Supergirl. I've not seen this episode either, so I don't know. But yeah, that's what the article says. This is episode three. Uh, yes. Okay. Yes. I, I haven't seen two yet, so I saw I saw the pilot, so I, I'm a little behind. Nintendo so, partners speculation speculation as to what that could mean. You know, sure. Even, not, it is not officially a part of the Arrowverse. 
Nintendo partners with Minion Studio to produce animated Super Mario movie. I know I'm sure what why one of y'all wanted this in here, but sure. Because <laughs> it was empty when yeah. I first saw it, so I was like, here's the stuff I remember. <laughs> and finally, a report that Titan's TV show may be casting Raz Al Ghul. See where that goes once that finally drops sometime this year. That, right. be, that being DC's digital streaming service. And in comic book news, uh, DC revealed what books uh, Brian Michael Bendis will be writing for them. Action Comics and Superman with the Man of Steel weekly five-issue series. Um, His Jinx World imprint will be moving over there. He's going to have his own Broadway type imprint with actually using established DC characters along with new characters and a whole bunch of stuff is coming. Scott Snyder is going to write along with James Tinian and Joshua Williamson. Uh, They're going to redo the Justice League family of titles later this year in the spring slash summer kicking off with a post-metal event called no, Justice League No Justice. Yeah, this was the stuff, this was the news that dropped late last week, right after yeah, the show. Friday evening, actually, it came right. out. Uh, da, 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 DC Nation fan magazine will preview 2018 DC Comics events. So the same Justice League stuff I talked about before. Tom King's going to have a Batman story where the Joker finds out Batman and Catwoman are getting married. Uh, Bendis will have a Superman tale in there as well. This will be $0.25 cents in stores for the hard copy and free digitally. I guess it comes out monthly. I don't think it really said in the press release. Uh, Valiant acquired by entertainment company DMG. That was kind of big. Uh, Joe Casada pins open letter on social media's impact on comics. Beetle Bailey creator Mort Walker dies at 94. May he rest in peace. Yeah, rest in peace. And a report that broke right before we started recording of Stanley rushed to hospital. Came from TMZ. So hopefully he is doing well. Yeah, according to the Hollywood reporter, Stanley is doing well after checking into the hospital. So that has been tweeted out recently. They just have to recharge that Android battery and then he'll be <laughs> good to go for another 10 years. He's got to make it to the end of the MCU's whatever final phase so he can have his final uh, cameo in Avengers 4 before the universe is rebooted. Yeah, I was about to say, you don't think they've already, pl- they've already filmed that was the case? I thought they did. Oh, yeah, that's right. That, 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 yeah, that, that did come out a while ago that he's filmed all whatever scenes. Because he never actually, like, shows... He never appears on camera with any of the actors, right? It's always, like, him off to the side or something. Right. So, squeeze those in. <laughs> Alrighty, last ad read of the night. Alrighty, so our last ad read of the night um, is for Blue Apron's meal delivery service. Blue Apron. Fresh ingredients and incredible recipes delivered weekly to your door. Skip the grocery store and make incredible meals at home with Blue Apron. Always shipped free right to your home. And now the listeners of the Click Nation's Comic Book Chronicles can get $30 off your first Blue Apron order. To place your first order with $30 off and to help keep our show free for you, go to our network website at cspn.us. That's cspn.us. Then click on the Keep Our Podcast Free link at the top of the page. From there, scroll down to the Blue Apron link and sign up for your first order. Blue Apron through cspn.us. Do it today. You can follow us on our individual Twitter accounts. I'm at TimDOGG98 and at CBCron. PCN underscore Dirt is at PCN underscore Dirt on Twitter. And go to his website, popculturenetwork.com. And before we take off, just real quick, I want to throw something out there. Today, I went to Graham Crackers Comics in Normal, Illinois. And in their 50-cent box, 
I found an actual piece of comic book archaeology. I cannot believe this was only 50 cents. I found a, a first print copy of the geriatric gangrene jujitsu gerbils, uh, <laughs> if you can believe it. Uh, this was from Planet <laughs> X Comics. And uh, who's the publisher? Planet X, Planet yeah. X Comics. So this they, they had an advertisement for number two, but number two sadly never actually came out. So, but yes, there we go. The geriatric gangrene jujitsu gerbils. <laughs> you can follow Roddy Cat on Twitter at Roddy Cat and at News Nerds Need, and follow him on Instagram CB Caps. And Agent Seventy is at Agent underscore Seventy on Twitter and Instagram. And with that, we'll be back next week. Remember, Thursday nights, 9 p.m. Eastern Time, theclipnation.com forward slash live. We are the Comic Book Chronicles, and we are signing off. Peace! Peace.